We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special recruiting edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, and we are going to talk about, as you can see on the scroller below, we're going to talk about the commitment of Jaden Mickey to Notre Dame. This is the first cornerback in the class for Notre Dame. It is just the fourth defensive player to commit to Notre Dame, and it is the 10th overall prospect to commit to Notre Dame. So let's talk a little bit about Jaden Mickey as a player, let's talk about what this commitment means for Notre Dame. And let's go talk about kind of what's next on the board for cornerback recruiting to begin with. Let, let's set the stage a little bit for this commitment, first of all. So last year, Notre Dame signed a four-man group of cornerbacks, and it was an outstanding four-man group of cornerbacks, in my opinion. Ryan Barnes, as you all know, is someone I'm extremely high on in that class. Um, he's a six foot two long corner. Philip Riley's a very talented corner, could also play safety, could play nickel. Chance Tucker's a quality player. Jojo Johnson's a talented player. They got a good three man class the year before. Clarence Lewis has already become a starter. Ramon Henderson. What this particular 2022 class is important because they needed number one, they needed another year of strong cornerback recruiting from Mike Mickens. And two, they needed to get, in my opinion, more field players, more cover guys, more guys that could just line up and play man coverage. And to me, that's what makes this Jaden Mickey commitment so important. Not only did they get a commitment from a talented cornerback, a consensus four-star recruit, a guy that I grade out as a top 250 caliber player, and that's based off sophomore film. He has not started his junior season yet. California obviously didn't have a fall season. His season starts, I believe, the 26th or so of March, somewhere around there, whatever that Friday is. 
He'll start his junior season. So we haven't even seen him play it as a junior. I'm excited to see what he can bring as a junior because this is a very talented corner, in my opinion. This is a kid who is a fluid, smooth, just everything he does is easy. He just his transitions are easy. His his ability to open up and and run is easy. His ability to plant and drive on the football is easy. Even though he was undersized as a sophomore, he was a willing tackler. He's a physical player. Uh, let's put on some highlights because in these highlights, you're actually going to see uh, some of Jaden matched up against a, a USC commit named Keon uh, Burnett. This is against modern day. He plays against great competition. That's another thing. Played against St. John Bosco. Um, played against a six foot five, 215 pound receiver that's going to USC and also in the 2022 class. Kid named Keon Burnett. And Jaden Mickey shut him down. You know, he had five or six breakups from, you know, in really tight coverage plays that I saw. Went and watched some of the game film. Did the same. Keon Burnett only had two catches for 28 yards in that matchup. So even though he was a little undersized as a sophomore, he played big. And the thing that I see about him, the one thing that's lacking from him is he doesn't have great size. Yet, again, this is based off sophomore film. From what I've been told, what I've seen, he's grown since then. Uh, and he doesn't have burner speed. Again, something that I want to see and I think can take a jump from his sophomore film. But what you're going to see on this film is really high football IQ. This is a young man that gets his hands on a lot of passes. This is a young man that has great feet. This is a young man that that understands how to read routes. He plays the ball extremely well. He knows how to he knows when to play the ball, when to play the receiver. He's very well schooled for a sophomore cornerback. And that's why I'm I'm excited. Like right now, I grade him as a top, like I said, top 250 caliber player based off sophomore film. I think he's got the potential to be even greater. That was a great, great jump right there, by the way. Uh, so I, I think there's another room. There's room to grow here. This is a player that I think has a chance to be an even better prospect than he is now. But beyond that, just for even if he is just kind of what he is, he's a field corner. He is, as you can see him here, playing the field. He's rangy. He can play the ball well. He's a good tackler. And he's a guy that can come up and play man coverage. So this, to me, is a very important pickup for Notre Dame because he complements last year's class, which was mostly, you know, except for JoJo Johnson, longer uh, boundary types. I think Chance Tucker probably plays the field. But to me, this is an even better prospect from, from at the same age. So we'll see how he develops. But this is a big pickup for Notre Dame. Uh, in that regard. So it's a good complimentary piece, but it's also a top player. You know, this is a young man that had was down to Oregon, Cal, and in, uh, Northwestern along with Notre Dame. And Oregon, you know, they've done really well, uh, you know, developing, recruiting, and developing top defensive backs. I mean, Thomas Graham's probably going to be a high pick. Javon Holland's going to be a high pick this year. So uh, Oregon clearly wanted them. You can see a good hit right there. This, again, this is all sophomore film. This is the clips here that I was talking about against Keon Burnett, who's going to USC. Jaden Mickey's number eight. You'll see him at the bottom of the screen here. This is against a six foot five, 215 pound receiver. And he just, Mickey just ate him up the whole game. So this is a really, really talented kid. You see how clean his feet are? Watch that real quick. Just watch how easily he changes direction on this route. He's so smooth. He's really fluid. You just see, look how quick those feet are. And his, his direct change of direction, you see his hip turn. He's turned outside. Then he flips in. Look how quick quickly he flips those hips right there that's something i want you to see real quick when i talk about transitions this is one example of what i'm talking about so at the snap you can see jaden's got his his hips turned outside his and then quickly just bam he sees that slant route he flips his hips and just drives on the route and then beats the court receiver to the ball if he's that physical 
but he's playing behind the receiver, then that's probably pass interference. But because he beat him to the spot, you can be more physical because it looks like you're playing the football. You can see him there being physical, forcing incompletions on back shoulder throws against a 6'5 wide receiver. You see him there competing for the ball. This is a this is a good pickup. So uh, I'm really curious to see how he develops physically. If you see pictures of him, he looks so much thicker than he did as a sophomore. He looks a little taller than he did as a sophomore. So I'm really excited to see his junior film. You can see him tracking Burnett down the field there on a, on a post route, how he just – this is about as, as well as you can play a post route as you're going to find. Watch him stay on top of this route really easy. See how fluid he is. Beats him to that spot. Because once you beat him to that spot, you have the right as the corner to that same lane that he has. So, you know, the, 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 the corner there, or excuse me, the receiver there can't say, hey, this is pass interference because he beat him to that spot, stayed on top, and then picks off the pass. That's just outstanding cornerback play right there uh, from Jade Mickey. You'll see a little bit better version of it here. Look how just open he, he's got good acceleration. And, and here's the thing for me as we kind of get back to talking about Jade Mickey here. The things, two things keep him really, in my opinion, from being a top 100 caliber player right now. And again, based off sophomore film, number one, size. He's not a real big guy on film. Uh, A little comment here from Four Horsemen. He's listed at 5'11", 175 now, looks much smaller than that on film. Uh, I think he was listed at, at 155 previously. Curious how his growth has impacted his mobility, speed, strength. Agree completely. And that's right now what keeps him for me from being a top 100 player. He's got top 100 footwork. He's got top 100 agility. He's got top 100 flexibility. He's got top 100 instincts. He's got top 100 ball skills. All those traits are there. What we need to see now is, number one, can he can he grow a little bit and get a little stronger? And the number two is he just doesn't have, on sophomore film, that burning speed. Now, he's got good speed. Don't get me wrong. You don't play in the league he plays in against the competition he plays against if you can't run, but to be a top hundred guy, I think you need to have great size. You have you have to have really really good speed, and we just don't see that on sophomore film. Now, if he makes the jump, I think he's going to make as a, from a speed standpoint. Then I think you're going to see his ranking jump up. But even if he doesn't get that burst in speed, I still really like this pickup for Notre Dame. So to kind of conclude a little bit on on what I see there from him, really instinctive player, really good athlete. And it's a great fit for Notre Dame, complimentary player to what they got last year and what they got the year before. They need cover players in this class, and he is a cover player. He also self-reports a 3.7 GPA. He's from the same high school as Javon McKinley, who was also a tremendous student. And when you look at his Final Four, when you have a Final Four, when you're from L.A. and you've got offers from Georgia and, and schools like that, Notre Dame, and your Final Four is consists of Notre Dame, Northwestern, and Cal, you're a good student, and you're someone who takes a- academics seriously. So I think those are things that, that to me, really stand out about Jaden Mickey. Is not, this is a Notre Dame fit. This is absolutely Notre Dame fit, and this is a, a really strong pickup uh, for the Irish. So let's really talk about kind of what this, what this means for the class. We, we, got, we got in a little bit about that. This gives Notre Dame – a great start to the cornerback class. Now, there's some big corners in the class that I really like. You know, you obviously Jaden Gould, we've talked about. Ephesians Prysock is like 6'3". He recently listed Notre Dame in his top group. Uh, Keenan Nelson from, from Pennsylvania is a, a bigger corner. But 
it's more important they get cover players, and this is a great start. And you look at kind of what's next for Notre Dame. To me, if it's up to me, and, and, and I'm making this decision, and I think this is kind of what we're seeing from the staffs, so I'm putting all my eggs in the in the Kamari Rogers basket at this point in time. If you can add Kamari Rogers and Jaden Mickey together to go with the big guys you got last year corner, you've now stocked your cornerback class up in a very short period of time to where I would say you're, you're on the level of a lot of these best teams. You're, you're bringing in top, top players with very high ceilings. So I really like what I see from him. Um, this is a, this is a really, really good pickup. And it's just another example of Mike Mickens just doing a great job as a, as a cornerbacks coach. Look, Early on, there was a couple other players they were looking at, Toriano Pride being one. They didn't get him. He's not in their top eight. But what I loved about what they did at corner was, even though there's some guys on the board early that they liked that like them, they kept expanding the board. They kept offering new players. They kept finding new players. They were scouring the entire country looking for cover corners in this class. And they're pushing for those cover corners as opposed to some of the bigger guys. So this is a really good pickup for Notre Dame. I think what's next you don't need numbers. We talked about this at the beginning of the process. If you only sign one corner in this class, you signed three in 2020, you signed four last year, at least three of them are definitely going to stay a corner. Numbers is not the need. It's it's about talent. They got a talented player. So if you're going to add another corner to this class, he needs to be a difference maker. And to me, there is no better corner on the board, including Toriano Pride. He's better than Toriano Pride, and that is Kamari Rogers. So this is that's kind of who gets my full court press at cornerback. So Four-man class so far on, on the defensive side of the ball, and it's a high upside group so far. You look at Tyson Ford at defensive end, Aiden Gabera at defensive end, and if you have not watched Aiden Gabera's sophomore junior film yet, he just kicked a season off this past month, check out our midweek musings this past week. Uh, or the Actually, I think it might have been a week ago now. Uh, we I talked about Notre Dame's need to rethink their offensive philosophy when it comes to redshirting, but we talked about Aiden Gabera's junior film. It's impressive. And then, of course, Nolan Ziegler, uh, who's been committed to Notre Dame for quite a while, very talented player, incredibly high ceiling. So the defensive staff is focusing on high upside talent right now, and they're getting it. And I don't think they're done yet this week. And just stay tuned. I'm not going to get into that. You all know I don't like to kind of steal spotlights, but I think this is going to kick off a series of commitments over this week for sure and then over the next couple weeks. So I think this is just going to get the staff started when it comes to recruiting on defense. So let's get into some questions here uh, and some comments from here. Uh, Jason, I see your comment here. It, you're absolutely right. The offensive staff needs to get rolling. The offensive staff has more players in this group, but I think the high-level talent of the defensive staff has really been um, really been important. So Coe Cronin says, good get for the Irish. Do they still have a shot at a guy like Kamari Rodgers or Jaden Gould? Yes, they do. They have a shot for both of them. And and now, Jaden Gould more so than, than Kamari Rodgers, but I don't know if Jaden Gould is the priority right now that he was earlier in the process because I think they've reshifted their thinking to saying, let's get more cover players in this group. So I think that that's why you're seeing Jaden Mickey get emphasized a little bit more. It's why they're putting the full court press on Kamari Rodgers. Now, in March, I think it was March, February, early March or late February, Kamari Rogers listed Notre Dame in his top 10. He used to be committed to LSU. He decommitted when they had that big staff changeover. He's a top 50 player from Mississippi. So I'm going to be skeptical about whether or not Notre Dame can land him. I just am because it is tough 
tough to go down to Mississippi or Louisiana or Georgia or Alabama and beat those schools for a legitimate top 50 caliber skill player. It's just, it's really hard. Now they're in position to do that. You know, they're, I think they're among his top three or four schools, no question, but being in the top three or four and getting him to commit and then keeping him in the class is going to be a challenge. But I love the fact that they're doing, they're, they're pushing for him. But this is also why last year's recruiting class was so important because if you don't meet your numbers needs and your impact need last year, if you don't get Ryan Barnes, if you don't get Philip Riley, and then if you don't get the depth that comes with Chance Tucker, and then I think a high upside guy that needs some work in JoJo Johnson, you have to focus more on depth in this class because the numbers at cornerback were a little shaky if you don't get a four-man class last year. But because you got a four-man class last year, Notre Dame is now in position where they can focus on talent. If they only get one corner, they're going to be fine. But if you get a second corner, he needs to be a dude. And Kamari Rogers is certainly that dude. Uh, Co Cronin also asks, how many defensive backs will Notre Dame take in 2022? I think the floor is at four. And I think how that's going to look is going to be determined by kind of who they get. I think they'd like to get minimum one corner and then potentially three safeties. Maybe it's two and two. I think safety is is the position where you're still in a position where with Notre Dame where you need to add numbers and impact talent, which makes it a little bit tougher. Whereas a corner, you've already got your numbers last year and the year before. You signed seven corners in two classes. Now it's about impact talent. Safety still needs to restock the depth chart. The depth chart's still in a, in a big, big trouble because you're probably going to lose Kyle Hamilton after this year. You may lose Houston Griffith after this year. We'll see. And there's just not a lot behind that outside of, in my opinion, the freshman class. So, uh, and maybe, maybe KJ Wallace, if he can make that transition um, and, and can get the size to play at safety. So, I really, I really think safety is going to be the interesting one. It's, it's a tough year right now. There's some players they're after Xavier Nwankpa, Jake Pope, KJ Winston. Those are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some guys is just off the top of my head I know are top Notre Dame targets, but getting them is going to be a challenge. They need to get at least two. I could see a scenario in which they take three safeties, one corner. I could see a scenario in which they take two corners, two safeties. And maybe one of those corners is a bigger guy that could go play safety. Maybe there's a situation where they take two corners and three safeties. And I could even see if if they are feeling like they're not going to hit what they need to hit at safety. I could see a scenario in which they maybe take one of the bigger corners 
as like the third corner and then maybe maybe project him to safety down the road too. So I think minimum four, I could see them going as much as five in this class when it comes to uh, to secondary recruiting. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. See, Dylan Hoffman asks, do you feel good about the secondary class if they're able to land Martinez and Gould along with Mickey? Uh, that would be Jade Mickey plus Jaden Mangum and, and uh, Jalen Bellamy at possible safety targets, assuming we'd miss on uh, on Kamari Rogers. I, I think that's a realistic class uh, for me. Uh, Martinez is Nakai Martinez from Florida and Jaden Gould would be that so that you'd have three corners in that class. And so, Dylan, that kind of speaks to what I was just talking about, where if you in this scenario, you get Jaden Mangum and Jalen Bellamy, who's also from uh, Bergen Catholic in New Jersey, same school as Jaden Gould, same school as Steve Angeli. That's a that's a long group of players. When you look at Gould and you look at uh, Mangum, who we have a story about today at irishbreakdown.com, uh, Eric Rutter, our new recruiting guy, interviewed Jade and talked about Notre Dame. Staff is really hitting him hard, going after him hard. Uh, and then Jalen Bellamy, I think that you'd, you, you, I think then that Gould would kind of be that swing guy. Maybe he's a corner. I love him at corner, but maybe you could play him as a safety, maybe be a nickel. Nikai Martinez is a guy that I really like. The, the thing about Nakai Martinez that's interesting is I don't know if I don't know if the staff is going to take him and Jaden Mickey because they're two very similar players. They kind of play the same position. They bring a similar skill set. So if they really feel they need to boost their depth at the field corner position, then maybe they take both of them. I just I don't know if they're going to do that or not. That's not saying they won't. That's me legitimately saying I don't know. I don't know if they're still going to take Nakai Martinez with that. And he'd be hard to get anyway, but that group is is a group that I would feel I would feel good about and say that's a, a good, strong, quality class. Not a lot of elite level players there, uh, but there's a lot of high ceilings there, and that's kind of what what you would. If you're not going to get elite players like Kamari Rogers and Xavier Nwankpa, who's the safety from Iowa, who's a legitimate to me top fifty caliber player. If you don't get those kind of guys, you need to get the high ceiling guys. And I think Jaden Mangum is a high ceiling guy. He may not pan out, but he's a high ceiling guy. Has a lot of tools, 6'3", 6'4", athletic, rangy. Uh, you know, Jaden Gould's a guy, another high ceiling guy. So I, I, I would feel good about that class. Brandon asks, uh, great start to the DB class. Give me two of Rodgers. Brown, I imagine you're talking about Jair Brown, who's committed to Ohio State, but Notre Dame is still talking about uh, Nakai Martinez, Ephesians Prysock, Jaden Gould, or Terrence Brooks, and we're talking elite 2022 class. Certainly on defense, you'd have a shot at that. Um, I don't know if they would take two of that group, though, unless the third one would have to be a bigger guy like a Jaden Gould, like an Ephesians Prysock. I don't think you can take 10 corners in three years, even if a couple of those guys are going to move. That's just that's going to be difficult for me to 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 pro, to project that unless one of these guys is definitely a your feeling about being a safety at that next level. Let's see here. Um, all right, a uh, couple more questions here. We got a lot of questions in the pike, so let me let me pull these up. Um, boy, you guys are you guys are I love it. A lot of questions here today. 
Um, yeah, pick right now for Penn State for Nelson. I agree. I don't think he's a priority for Notre Dame. They haven't really been pushing for him. He made their top group, but he's not. He's never been a guy that Notre Dame has been push, push, pushing for. Um, we'll get to receiver recruiting a little bit. Um, are we still trying to flip Jair Brown? Because if we are, he'd be a good option to at least push for. I, I, my understanding is they are still pushing for him. I don't know if he is a is the top of the board guy. I think they like him. I think he's a good football player. I think that there are other guys on the board better. I think Kai, I think right now Kamari Rogers is the number one player on the board in the secondary. I, I mean, at cornerback. I think you were talking about getting guys that can can change the trajectory of your program. Kamara Rogers to me is one of those players. The other one in the secondary that could be that guy would be Xavier Nwankpa. Now, I, I don't think they have much of a shot with him. He likes Notre Dame. He lists Notre Dame, but Ohio State, some other you know national programs are on him, so that they're going to have their work cut out to get him. But those are to me guys that are program changing players. Jair Brown is a good player. I think they got they've got guys like him. There are other guys like him on the board, so I, I don't know if he's necessarily that elite, elite player. Uh, Brandon, uh, so uh, I say they're taking five or six. I just think, Brandon, I think the thing is they took six last year, and this is his comment. They took six last year, and you take 12 DBs in a two-year stretch, that's a full – if Notre Dame goes to a true five-man secondary, like Mark Stream did at Cincinnati, that's a full two-deep plus two. And you got to remember they're they're working with eighty five scholarships by the time this class arrives is the assumption that they're going to be they're going to be back to the eighty have to be back to the eighty five. I don't know if you can take six twelve players in two years in the secondary that that starts to get a little bit it, you know maybe they're taking a little bit too many bodies and now you're going to have to come up short you're going to have to purposely come up short at some other positions what positions would those be you can't come up short at linebacker you need numbers you can't come up short. You know, an offensive line, you need those numbers. So, so where would you where would you come up with those numbers at? I think that'd be a little tough. Now, having said that, if they're sitting at five, and Xavier Nawangpa or or Kamari Rogers wants to come, then you figure it out. <laughs> you figure out how to get to eighty five with those guys in your class. But I think if those if if one of those guys is already in the class, I don't see them getting to that to that level. Uh, I just think they'd stop pushing. Like if they got a, another top corner, like let's say they got Kamari Rogers. They're not going to take any more corners, so you don't need to worry about that. They're, and they're not going to take, in my opinion, four safeties, unless you want to count Nolan Ziegler as a safety, which I don't. He's a he's a rover linebacker type of player. Uh, do we have any chance at Xavier Nwankpa? Talked about that a little bit, Christopher. Do they have a chance? Yes, they have a chance. They're in that. They're making a push for him. But for me, I just I don't think they're in that top group yet, but uh, let's let's understand too. A lot of this can be difficult to really project because these kids haven't been able to visit in a year. So who knows how he's going to be if if they open up visits here this summer, which I'm hoping they do to some degree. Then I, I think that he's a guy that could could have a chance to maybe fall in love with Notre Dame, but it's just really hard to tell. And right now, I think his he's more looking at. You know the big the 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 big boys. You know Ohio State programs like that that are are in a little bit better shape. Four Horsemen asks, "Where do you think this class will end up ranking in terms of all time defensive classes under Kelly?" That's a good question. So obviously it's going to be determined by how they finish. I think that you look at the defensive line class; they've already got obviously Tyson Ford, who I think is a top 100 to 150 caliber player. They've got Aiden Gabera, who's a high upside guy. 
I feel good about where they stand with DJ Wesolak, who's a defensive end. I did an article at irishbreakdown.com that I kind of predicted the next four guys that I think Notre Dame is going to get in this class. Jaden Mickey was one. Uh, Josh Burnham from Michigan is another. Junior Tui Alamak is another. And then DJ Wesolak is another. Those are four top 50 players. Two of them, the two linebackers, are top 100 players. You land those four guys to go with Tyson Ford, Aiden Gabera, and Nolan Ziegler, who I view as also a top 250 guy. And then you add, you know, if you can add an Anthony Lucas, the D tackle from Arizona that I think is an absolute stud, if you can add, you know, Jaden Mangum and, or Jake Pope and a top safety, then you certainly have a chance to be in there. I, I think that it how they finish is going to determine that, but you have to just figure out, well, what was the best defensive class? I think the issue that Notre Dame has had in the past is there's been years like the 2011 class, for example, when you have Aaron Lynch, Stephon Tuitt, and uh, Xavier – uh, excuse me, Xavier Williams. Sorry about that. Eshaq Williams. That was a, that was as good of a defensive line class as you're going to find. But in the linebacker class is okay. It's deep. But the secondary class left a little bit to be desired. 2013, you had, you had some really good front seven players. You had some good DBs. You know, Cole Luke was in that class. But, again, it wasn't the – the top level DB class. So I think how this DB class finishes out is going to determine whether this group can be as good as some of those other groups. I think this is going to be the best linebacking class linebacker class. Notre Dame has had, in my opinion, top to bottom. I think it's better if, if they get Josh Burnham, junior to Alamaka and e in either Sebastian cheeks or Devin Jackson. I think this is going to be better than the 2018 linebacker class, which at the time I thought was Notre Dame's best. The other great linebacker class was 2013, but that was more about Jalen Smith. You know, Michael Deeb and Doug Randolph weren't to the same level as as these other guys. So clearly Jalen Smith is the best linebacker Notre Dame assigned under Brian Kelly, but this would be the best top-to-bottom class. I mean, you're talking about potentially three top 100 linebackers in one class. That's outstanding. And if they get DJ Weselak, you've got two top 200 caliber defensive ends. I think Aiden Gabera could end up being there depending on how his body grows. And then if you can add like an Anthony Lucas to that mix, which is going to be hard, now it's like you've got an elite front seven. And even without Anthony Lucas, it's an outstanding front seven, elite linebacker class, really good D-line class. Now it's all about the secondary. And getting a guy like Jaden Mickey, who I view as a top 250 player, he's ranked as a top 250 player by 247 Sports, is certainly a great place to start when you look at the secondary. All right, Connor Patton, let's see here. Oh, okay, here we go. Hold on a second. Okay, let's see here. Coach Connor Patton. So uh, if Coach Freeman is successful as both recruiter and as a coach, I think many fans will be rooting for him to succeed. Coach Kelly, is that plausible? Yeah, it's plausible, but I don't want to spend too much time on that because I want to see how he coaches first. I mean, look, I'll just say this. There are things that I view about Marcus Freeman as an outsider because I didn't cover him at Cincinnati, just as outside looking in at what he's done things that I've heard about him from a character standpoint, from a what he what he values as a football coach standpoint when it comes to relationships, discipline, those types of things, his intelligence as a coach, his ability to build a defense, his recruiting prowess. There's a lot of things I see that make me think this guy is going to be a big-time head coach someday. But I need to see him coach first at Notre Dame. We need to see how he handles that. So is he on my radar? Absolutely. Am I ready to have a long conversation about him being the next guy? No. There were people in 2017 at some point in time during 2017 talking about how Chip Long would be Brian Kelly's replacement. And then people talking about Clark Lee being that guy. Let's just let him coach a little bit first 
before we go there, Connor. But I mean, I'd be foolish to say that I haven't thought about it. And I'd be foolish to say that it's not on the back of my mind. It is. I just not going to spend a, a whole lot of time. Uh, Jason says, I still think Notre Dame needs a true nickel slot corner. Uh, think Crawford before all of the injuries, he needs to have uh, elite lateral agility. I agree. They need more of that. I think to me, I think Jojo Johnson can be that player. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on him, Jason. I think he can be that guy. Uh, I think though, that when you look at Marcus Freeman's defense, he likes to have that third safety as opposed to a third corner uh, in that position. And that's just kind of what he's done, but we've seen him go three corners. He has played that nickel guy. And I think that's why it's so important to land cover players because I think Jaden Mickey could be that kind of that kind of slot corner if he makes the growth. I don't know if he's that guy right now, but if he makes the jump that I think he's capable of making you know, as a junior and senior, because again, we haven't seen him play as a junior yet. We've only seen sophomore film. Then I think he could be that guy. And of course, if you get Kamari Rogers and you need someone that can just go in the slot and just lock people down, he can lock people down all over the field. So um uh, yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. So, um, I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Uh, okay. So I'm passing, I'm pl- passing that one. So, um, let's see if we got any more questions, Chris, appreciate that. Um, always going to try to bring you great content as best as we can. Um, here's a comment from Brandon. At least they're hitting this 23 DB class hard right now, going after a lot of impact talent. I'm going to say something right now. I'm going to have I'm going to have a couple articles about this coming up this week. So please be on the lookout for that. This is as aggressive as I've ever seen Notre Dame go after the sophomore class uh, and the be rising junior class. They have thrown out a ton of of 2023 offers and, and I, they're not close to being done. They're going after big time players. And I think this is, number one, a direct reflection of a change in philosophy from Mike Elston. I think Mike Elston wants to he understands they have to be more aggressive I think also there's some excitement with coach Elson that he's got some guys on this defensive recruiting staff especially that are just straight dogs on the recruiting trail and that's what you need when you look at obviously he's done a great job Mike Mickens is doing a great job they're both dogs and then you bring in Marcus Freeman and I'm hearing good things about Chris O'Leary from a work ethic relationships building all that kind of stuff he just is new at it you know, but he's got the tools. He just, how well is he going to close? We don't know how well he connect with big players. We don't know. Uh, but I think he's certainly off to, um, uh, off to a good start. Garth Cassidy asks, uh, what are you hearing about, uh, Teva Tafiti? Uh, is he still on Indy? I don't, I don't know where things stand with him, to be honest with you. He is a guy that being from Hawaii, he wants to take visits first. I think he likes Notre Dame a lot. My question is going to be, is he going to have a spot? I mean, he's a good player. I like him. But if they get DJ Wesselak, DJ Wesselak's a better player. Now you have three ends already in this class. I don't think you can take a fourth end. I don't think he's necessarily a pure linebacker. So I'm not sure if he's going to have a class. I'm I'm curious to see uh, how things are going to go if they do get DJ Wesselak. Now, I'm not saying they're definitely going to get DJ Wesselak. I just like where Notre Dame has put themselves right now with those players. Um, Dylan Hoffman, have we been eliminated with Cyrus Moss? No, I've been eliminated, but I just think they also understand that right now, right now, they, they are not the leader for him. And I think it's trending that he's going to stay out West and, and until they can get him on campus, I don't, I don't think that they're uh, feeling good there. And I actually like this strategy. You guys know my stance on Cyrus Moss. I love Cyrus Moss. I mean, to me, he's a must get in this class, but what I liked is 
they didn't just sit around hoping that they can get them. They kept going after other players. And then during that process, they've really grown with DJ Wesselak, who's not the prospect that Cyrus Moss is right now, but he's got tools. He's a guy that I really like. And so my concern, we talked about DJ Wesselak two or three weeks ago. And my concern at the time was, I just don't know if that's the right guy to take because you needed a, a, a more of a viper. And I didn't think DJ Wesselak was a, was a guy that could play that weak side end. And I was very concerned about that. And I just felt like if you took him with Gabera and with Tyson Ford, you'd have too many big guys and not enough weak side ends. But after I've seen Aiden Gabera's junior film, he looks more like a guy that could play that weak side end position. And, and I'm so I'm a lot more confident that at least be, at least one of them between Wesselak and Gabera could play that Viper. So now you have a guy in Tyson Ford who's a power end that can maybe play some three technique. You have a guy like Wesselak who's a power end who could maybe play Viper. You have a guy like Gobera who's a who projects now much better as a Viper who could also play power end. So it's a much more quality three-man group that you have there. So you're welcome, Garth. So uh, I definitely think that I like the strategy. They're being very aggressive on defense, but they're also not falling victim to the the bias of, hey, we're, we're on this guy early, and so we stop recruiting other positions or other players, and then when that guy fades – we're kind of stuck without a guy to get. So, um, uh, Dylan, I think I just answered your question with that explanation of of kind of of those players. I don't know who lists Tyson Ford as a weak side end. He is 6'5", 250 pounds, and is a pure power end. So I'm not sure um, um, who that guy is. So back to the show. So that is kind of where we stand right now with defensive recruiting. We've kind of answered. We've gone through all the questions. If anybody has – any more questions about defensive recruiting or specifically about Jaden Mickey or the secondary, please ask now and we will we will answer them. Otherwise, that's going to be it. But stay tuned because we're going to have a very busy week podcasting. I'm going to have an article a podcast coming up soon talking about the, the must gets that Notre Dame has on defense. I did five on offense. I'm only going to do four here uh, on defense because I think they've already met some of their needs. Uh, I think depth at defensive end and impact players at defensive end was going to be one of my must gets, but they've already got that with Tyson Ford and Aiden Gabera. So I feel good there. So we'll have that coming out soon. I'm going to talk a little bit about Notre Dame shift and, and, re and recruiting philosophy in 2023 uh, and also 2022. Uh, Josh Burnham is expected to make his commitment public on Wednesday, the 17th. He's going to decide between Notre Dame, Michigan, and um, uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin. Uh, so, so if he picks Notre Dame, which we like where Notre Dame stands now, we will have a commitment podcast about him too. And of course, we're going to do position previews. We've got plenty of position previews. Notre Dame is about a week and a half away from starting from when we were told they're going to around the time they're going to start fall camp or spring practice. So uh, that'll be there and we'll have a lot more to do. So stay locked in. And of course, next Friday, we will have another Irish breakdown mailbag, uh, live mailbag. And if Josh Burnham picks Notre Dame on Wednesday, we will do a live podcast to talk about that uh, decision. Should he make it? And of course, we'll always have uh, plenty going on at irishbreakdown.com. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, hit the subscription button, but then also the notification button so that you get notified every time you find every time you we have a video out. So uh, thanks for joining us. Everyone have a great rest of your Sunday. 
we got great weather here in the South Bend area. It's We're going to enjoy it because it's supposed to go away here in a day or two. It's going to get cold again. Hope you all stay safe. Enjoy your weather. Enjoy this pickup because this is a big one for Notre Dame. And we'll talk to you again soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.